When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The three in a bar. I'm Seb Philpot. And I'm Verity Simmons. And this is episode seven. Woohoo! Yes, episode seven of our podcast. This is the podcast where we interview a different musician every week and uh, see what we chat about. It's always something slightly different. Could be uh, in depth about their career. In We could talk about their process, how they write their music or how they play their instruments. Yeah. Or it could just be a chat about absolute bollocks <laughs> and often a combination of all of the above yeah. so we've got a belter this week haven't we yeah who is um, it shall i see who's in the draw oh, oh. my god <laughs> oh oh yes that's right i remember now it is writer composer actor and comedian vicky stone there she is i love it her she is. um Come out, vicky the tagline on her on her personal page is that she is the bastard love child of Victoria Wood and Tim Minchin. And what a, <laughs> what an explanation. I like that. <laughs> yeah. No, she's very good, yeah. Um, she, um, well, she began life, um, well, she began life like, as everyone began life, I guess. But, um, <laughs> We're going right but, back. But <laughs> um, she very much, I think, in terms of her artistic career, began life as a flute player at um you know as a child and that was sort of the, the path she was going down doing music but then she sort of you know moved into different avenues where well, she started off doing lots of stand-up comedy musical comedy and then uh, now she's writing musicals yeah and uh but she's very much forging her own career yes so you may well have seen her on tv she's been on loads of things she was on the john bishop show she's been on this morning excellent and she's been on the now show um she's written two classical works one of them was a concerto for comedian and orchestra which is amazing isn't it um yeah and her latest work is a musical called zoological society which is a musical and a concept album and one of her songs marvin from the album was actually shortlisted for a 2019 styles and drew prize for best new song so it's already doing great things yeah, it's a brilliant album. Um, I urge you all to listen to it, but not before you've listened to our <laughs> conversation with Vicky Stone. 
I literally just watched your whole Facebook live video from the other night. So it's like I'm, I'm interacting with that video because it's like the same, <laughs> it's the same place. The camera this angle. Is the, it's exactly the same place. This is where I, this wow. is where I work now. This is where I live. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, yeah. <laughs> Don't get to leave my house. Everything occurs in this, in this attic. I know. It's like, I mean, you guys just got set up um, in your new sort of house. Um, yeah, well, the first thing, I, it all kind of... first thing I did in lockdown was decorate this attic. <laughs> <laughs> I was sort of, I, I sort knew. of figured, I sort of figured that I think I might be here for a while. So before yeah. I, before I did any, before I did any writing, I wasn't ready to write either. Before I did anything creative, I was like, right, Sassy's getting painted. It's quite, quite yeah. nice. Are you doing lots of projects at the moment? Are you feeling uh, creative and inspired? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's taken a long time to get there. Uh, I think the first few weeks, like everybody else in the arts, has been scrabbling around trying to, like, I've. I've pitched for all sorts of things. Like most organizations have got a little bit of money to do something. And so I've pitched yeah. for so much stuff. I haven't really written anything that's not been a pitch uh, in a while, but actually it, this last week has been a big mixture of getting no's from a load of things and then right. getting a couple of yeses. So oh, oh, brilliant. brilliant. Hooray. So, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm working on something at the moment. <laughs> something something secret no something i don't think it's secret I, I don't know that yeah. i've not signed an nda so i just <laughs> talk about it um i'm writing a i'm writing a little you know um between the programs on bbc one you get yeah. those yeah. Uh, they're called idents and you, yes. you get like canoers or uh, uh yeah. the people in the sea um now yeah. they've um disabled basketball players disabled basketball yes. players. yes now they've um <laughs> now they've done they've commissioned a new set that uh social distancing um because obviously those those messages don't reflect what's going oh, on yeah. and so uh i've got a little choir that i um direct and we're managing to still keep going actually so we've been we've oh. been still rehearsing once a week on zoom and uh via various channels bbc have approached me and them and i've written a little 30 second micro piece that they're singing um recording it tomorrow so that's what i've been literally oh, doing great. today I've been, <laughs> I've been putting the finishing touches to this 30 second micro piece which is nice nice that's what, did they give you guidelines for that did you have um did they ask for anything specific or yeah there's and um, there's very specific things like we've got to meet everyone on screen within eight seconds and they wanted it to build so they wanted it to go sort of it's going basses, tenors, altos, sopranos. So it's literally two seconds for each part to join. Yeah. And and you've got yeah. eight seconds. You've got eight seconds to get everyone on screen. And then you've got another, I think it's seven seconds of m music that we'll hear alone. And then the rest of it gets ducked under continuity and under voiceover. So the piece right. can keep build the piece can keep building, but it has to be able to be ducked under um, under voiceover. When you've got a brief so clear as that and kind of restricted, does that help you just quickly write something? When you've got yeah, I think it does. Not, not much room to play around with it. Yeah, really. and and also the the people in this choir they're not professionals. That's the idea of the these BBC things. It's about people, you know, it's about ordinary people, and they are obviously it's run yeah. by me, and I'm a professional musician of sorts, and. Uh, and just and so yeah so it's got to be sung in isolation by people that aren't pros so that 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 is quite limiting as well it's not yeah. limiting but it, it means that i have to i have to think that i have to make sure that it's going to be achievable as well um uh, so that everyone can record their parts in isolation and i think there's lots of that going on like musicians recording these in isolation yeah and i think professionals yes. can manage it but um but yeah so i've i've had to i've had to have that in mind and i think it's simpler um as a little piece than it would be if i was 
having it recorded by pros. Yeah. But that yeah, yeah. said, um, I think that often simple things for things like this are, are better anyway. And are your choir, are they up for it? Are they daunted or are they quite... Oh, God, they're totally <laughs> up for it. They're, oh, um, they were on a... They've done, they've done a bit of telly, actually. They were oh, on have a, they? They were on a BB, uh, an ill-fated BBC series called Pitch Battle a number of years ago, which was a sort right. of X Factor for choirs. Yeah. Um, and they loved that. I think for many of them in it, it was... It was uh, one of them said it was as exciting as their wedding day. Because, wow. well, because they, they they got to do all the stuff like going to makeup and you know being this massive yeah. um it's studio 10 it's in um it's in media city in salford and it's the biggest um what they call shiny floor tv yeah. show studio yeah. in europe well it's an absolutely huge deal to uh yeah. you know to go go and be in one of yeah. those one of those shows and people on the panel it was um i think it was gareth malone of course oh, yeah. shaka, shaka khan who did not know where she was um <laughs> she did, honestly no idea what she was doing she did not know what the television show was at all no of course um, not <laughs> in some unit in salford i love that i love that image of her yeah yeah it, but it was sort of great because yeah. every time she was asked to chip in to comment on the choir you knew none of it would make the edit you were just like you, you, you don't know what you're talking about no i love that when you because all these like recording studios and and big music rehearsal spaces they're all in places like Harlesden and or, or like some horrible place I'm not, nothing wrong with that oh, Harlesden is rubbish I, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna like double that. down on that um, <laughs> but it's so funny you, you know you think of these rock stars and they're all just hanging around in these industrial estates and uh, yeah. it's just very very funny yeah. It's, yeah. it's incongruous so with your um you're doing zoom rehearsals how yeah. does that work with um you know things like latency and all that probably because the software is not quite there is it no it's not there and you found and a way had, around it we had a very hilarious first rehearsal where we tried to sing together and we tried all the platforms yeah. we tried zoom skype uh google hangout like we tried all the different ones it's not it isn't possible yeah. and it was bless no. us for thinking that it was um but it wasn't <laughs> Yeah, we all went so, through that process. Yeah, I, think, I, think. I think we, I think we, I think you have to. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, what we've done is we've actually, as a group, um, we've made you know those split screen videos that everyone's doing. Um, yeah. They, they are quite a nice way of feeling like you're still in something. So we made we made um, we made a split screen video of a piece that we'd been rehearsing in the real world just before. So that's come out really well because people can remember how that sounded like singing together. And so what what yeah. we've done for the rehearsals is that everybody goes on mute. I play the piano um, and people sing along to a warm up. Now they can only hear me and the piano, but they're singing along. So there's a sense of community yeah. that we're still singing together. They can't hear each other. They can only hear themselves and me. Yeah. And then I've got um, I've made MIDI tracks of all the harmonies and basically via Zoom, I play the MIDI track and they sing along to their individual harmony. Um, yeah. Brilliant. And then we sort of put it together. And that's really just everyone singing along to MIDI file of all the parts so that they feel like what their part does in amongst the parts. And yeah, Yeah. we've made... We've made three videos. We've done, and we're on, yeah, we're recording the third one. And we've decided to bring in people that have left and moved to other countries. So we're now a sort of 25 piece group, um, including people that can no longer sing with us because when we were based in London, they don't live there anymore. So it's kind of actually extend, it's actually created a positive experience, I think, bringing people back yeah. into a group that had to leave. God, that's yeah. really good. And it's so good you've stuck with it and come up with this because people like dropping like flies after first few times, like, 
sod this, but good, good on you. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's making something that helps, even though those yeah. videos are. We, I think we've got a bit of fatigue, haven't we, with seeing those split screen split screen yeah. videos. But then, yeah. if you think about it, you know, the, these are people who aren't musicians. I think that musicians and performers have got fatigue of looking at those looking at those split screen musician videos. But actually, I think I think ordinary people haven't, and no. it's nice for them to see people that they know um, doing these things. You've got a new musical, haven't you, that has been recorded. And that was literally, surely just before we went into lockdown, that you were going to be premiering it. Is that right? Yeah, so it was meant to have its big album launch on the 27th of March with a big concert at a, um, there's a sort of musical theatre conference called Beam, which is um, this sort of breeding ground for for new British musicals and it's got lots of Arts Council funding because what ha- tends to happen in this country is that we uh, w- the West End is full of new musicals but very very few of them are from Britain British writers we basically right. bring all the successful Broadway shows over um, yeah. and and what Broadway has is Broadway has a feeding ground that we don't have so Broadway has off Broadway and off off Broadway and that's to do with number of seats yeah. So Broadway is, I think, right. above a thousand seats. Off Broadway is five hundred to a thousand, and off Off Broadway is under five hundred. And if you think that Hamilton started off Broadway, you know these musicals yeah. are going through their that system and then coming over here. But we don't yeah. have that system. We have a sort of ragtag fringe system that doesn't really see any. We have fringe shows, and they're very very separate to West End shows. We don't actually see yeah. them go through that process. And this. No. This thing, um, there's there's various organisations called Mercury Musicals and Beam, which are trying to stop that. And I've got a I got a commission from the Royal and Dungate in Northampton, and they've been given some funding for I think five years to try and be the feeder for the for oh, these for these for these musicals. And the Royal and Dungate is quite a big quite a big theatre in Northampton. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I got I got commissioned to write a show, which luckily was going to always going to start digitally. That was always the plan. Oh, that okay. It, that, oh, it, right. that it would start with a concept album and some videos. And luckily, the only thing that we've lost is the concert. So we, we still had all the digital stuff ready to go. I mean, it would have been. I think it would have been quite heartbreaking for me actually if we'd have had a run that didn't go ahead a long run yeah. long run because there must be so many because it would be my debut and there's so many writers first time writers having lost their opportunity yeah. to put their work on yeah. for the first time at the moment and will will they get back on after this and I think that's hard because I think theatres won't be able to take risks so I think no. that, that, that I think people that were just getting their foot onto the bottom rung of the ladder in theatre in terms of writing will find it very hard to get back on I I, I I think not to be all doom and gloom about this but I think we can be no, really, really tough to get these new to get new writing uh, remounted in, in the spots um, that it would but hopefully the concert yeah. the idea is, is that this concert uh, is going to get remounted um, on a on a positive note um, the 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 theatre were one of the only people out of every I had loads of cancellations when it all first came out and that theatre have were one of the only people to pay a cancellation fee so all the artists oh, involved in, all the oh, artists wow. involved in that concert have been paid half their fee which actually is um which which hopefully fingers crossed it means that everyone will want to do it um yeah when when, when we do yeah. get to do it again even though it won't be a launch sure concert. That, yeah did you approach them with the idea or did they say to you oh could you write us a musical do you have any ideas it's quite strange so i noticed that the, they'd had this funding so the first thing this is about maybe two or three years ago now they announced they had this funding um and their yeah. artistic director put, put something on twitter and so i just dm'd him and went hello can i have a <laughs> <Wow>. meeting please <laughs> yeah uh pretty much and then he went yeah of course let's have a meeting um 
and so I and I didn't have any ideas. I never, I, don't, I never do. I get these meetings, and then I go, oh <laughs> shit! I, oh I, my god! And it becomes like Alan Partridge monkey tennis. Um, I do it all the time. <laughs> so what happens? Do you, do you just magically come up with the thing in the in the meeting? <laughs> Yeah, Z- zoological society. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, actually, um, this what what we had this meeting, and it was probably quite clear that I had no solid ideas. Um, and, and he sort of said, "Look, we, we we have got money for full musicals, but I think you're probably in a position not to have that yet. We we got this digital commission, which is a sort of entry level onto this. Which, if that goes well, we'll then commission a, a full musical. So I got this digital commission." Um, which was a complete blank canvas. So I got the commission with with no ideas. Wow. Um, and God, just, that's amazing. Slash I, daunting. It, it was daunting. Yeah. My my uh, all the, all the brief was was that it had to. Uh, it, the brief changed as these things do. But the brief was originally going to be um, twelve standalone videos. Right, and that was it. Sort of uh, a bit lo-fi. And then I started to write the songs and, and they commissioned me to write three songs to start with. I wrote the three songs, which they absolutely loved and went, and I came up with the idea of the zoo because on my wall were all these post-it notes of how could you, why would you want to see 12 standalone videos? And you'd want, you'd want to feel like you were saw a cross section of society. So ideas that I came up with were the same living room over 120 years. And you put, you, you came into the living room once a decade or yeah. every, every living room in one street. I just had the, I, I wanted to find out, I wanted to find out, um, uh, you know, how the, what, what these 12 situations would be. And then I randomly wrote on the wall, dogs, and then I put in brackets, <laughs> like cats, but from the point of view of dogs. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't that. No, no, it was humans. That was it. Humans. Ah. Humans, like cats, from the point of view of dogs. That was something like that. Yes. And then it then evolved into, oh, well, why don't we, um, yeah, like, I want to hear what animals make of humans and uh, what, what they make, out, make of being watched and looked at. And that's when it came up. And I wanted to then sort of use different animals and different types of animals as to shine a light on different type, different parts of society. And, that, and that's where yeah. it came up. And then after Great. the um, after the three songs got commissioned, the, the project then changed. They went, right, we want to, we, it's clear that we should commission a full musical. So they commissioned the full script as well that's as, fantastic. as well as the videos. Fantastic. So yeah. you've written uh, the full book as well. Yeah. Uh, in collaboration with Katie Mulgrew. Yeah, so Katie came on, um, Katie came on, because uh, we'd written a musical together at the same time as this called Southbound, which yeah. I'm sad that no one's really picked up yet because it's fucking mad. It's a crazy musical. Oh, um, I, I saw the, the workshop you did in um, the other palace. The, the, how much of the show was that? Sort of that half was a half, of the it was that one. Um, just, yeah, so Southbound is a, is a different musical um, set in a abandoned service station. Yeah. You've got to write what you know. I've been, a gigging, yeah. I've been a gigging comedian for a decade. The only thing I really know anything about is service stations. Yeah. So Immediately, I'm thinking of Honestly, Fleet. <laughs> Fleet is in Fleet. my mind. It's actually, it's actually um, M6. Uh, it's actually based oh. on uh, Stafford services. Oh, okay. Because, and this is, uh, this is so niche, it's unreal is that they're different brands either side of the motorway. So one is a road uh-huh. chef and one is a moto. So normally you get the same brand either side of the motorway, but actually Stafford services northbound and southbound are quite different because they're yeah. different different brands. And so if you go on um, ratemyservices.com or whatever it is, <laughs> southbound's only got two stars and northbound's got four stars. So there's obviously oh. a, 
as a superior service station. And so that's the premise, really, for this, um, <laughs> this that's musical. That's It's a great premise. Literally, every time I go in a service station now, I, I do think about that musical. I think, oh, this, this would be a good one. Fleet is a good one because it's got a lot of um, the woods area outside. It's very, yeah. Yeah. It's very nice, isn't yeah. it? They've, they've redone it. It is nice. They've um, done up that bridge, haven't they? I know it's called the Scott Mills Bridge now, isn't it? Oh, is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. They have a plaque and everything. I love it. They should really wow. do that for you up at Stafford, though. Like, come on. That's what you yeah. aim towards. <laughs> I just don't... It, on, on a serious note, though, I, I wanted to write a musical for loads of funny women. So it's written for nine women and one guy. And the women... Um, what happens in musicals is that women get parts, uh, funny parts, and they're all the same age and they're all the same type of character. Yeah. So, like, in Oklahoma, it's always, like, the busty friend. And that's what happens yeah. across yeah. all musicals. Is that, and that's really, really it. It's like you get this kind of kooky, you know, and that's it. It's just this one note, I'm a bit thick. So I'll yeah. sing a funny song because I'm a bit thick. Um, yeah. And so we wanted to write better rounded, funny female characters. Um, and so we wrote nine of them from age 19. And the eldest cast member when we did it, the other palace was, I think, 72. And and it's, and it's set in a future where, uh, which probably, you know, is is is, um, is plausible now. It's a set in a future that's gone feral, society's gone feral, <laughs> and people have to, this community of women have to live in an abandoned service station. So, you know, one of them, one of, they had to fight, but one of them got the Waitrose and another one lives in the WH Smith. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's excellent. So were you working on those two projects um, at the same time or did they overlap at all? They did. And there was a pretty horrendous uh, few months because as with all these things, I had so much time to write both of these things. And then I decided to do all the writing simultaneously whilst I was in pantomime in oh Worthing. God. So I was doing I was doing twelve shows a week in Panto in Worthing, and they set me up a writing room in an abandoned lighting booth, um, and I went between shows and I took my widescreen monitor, I took my little keyboard, I took all my stuff, um, and I sat and I wrote. I, ha- I had to write a song a day, oh acr- my God. across oh my God. across doing two shows. So I just and I was playing Abenazza in this Panto, so I just go in my Abenazza outfit with, with, the, with the beard painted on. And just go and sit in this lighting booth, and I, and I wrote, I wrote, I wrote, and I and I deliver, I alternated between shows between writing the songs. Oh my god! Wow, yeah. that's immense. And I thought back to the time in the summer when I had loads of time and I was defrosting the freezer, and I was really cross. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know it's, it's uh, necessity is the mother of invention, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely. So yeah, I, I um, can't do it without deadlines. I can't. No, I mean that's that's insane. That's that is uh, real heightened deadline isn't it what you've let, left yourself like one day per song yeah uh, yeah <laughs> but did, I did, did it. um i did it so you and you did it yes so that's really interesting like so so every every new day new song was it like a complete blank canvas for each each day or did you have a few ideas you'd, you'd penciled out yeah how, i mean how i work? pretty much knew for the zoological society i i knew what the songs like what characters and what the songs were going to be about so for instance i yeah. knew that i i knew that i wanted to write a song about pandas struggling to conceive and i knew that it yeah. wanted to be funny but i also knew that i wanted it to have an underlying message that was you know if we don't manage it we're still as human we're still as whole a people yes. if we yeah. don't if we don't achieve this uh you know i just know i mean i'm in my 
mid to late 30s non-specific but I have lots of friends that are going through that lots of friends that are that are struggling um and and I wanted to I wanted to try and put that big you know it's a big topic and you would actually wouldn't yeah. I don't feel like I could write a sincere song about people struggling to conceive but by putting it through the voices of two pandas who yes. it's amusing because they're only fertile for 24 hours a year which is why they struggle to conceive in captivity. Um, and also proportionately, uh, a male panda is very small in the downstairs department, mm. and which right. is why, they, they, <laughs> why they struggle. And so sort of, sort of combining those two topics, I thought I might, I might hit on something. So I already knew like what, what I was going to, like that's what I wanted to achieve. Yeah. So at that point, had you already written the book? No, I'd written an outline no. of um, I'd written an outline of where these eleven songs. I didn't know where the other songs were going. And once I'd written these eleven songs, me and Katie went. Katie lives in Manchester, and and we put all the post-it notes on the floor, and we filled in the gaps, and then worked out what other because I've written all the other songs now. I've written twelve more songs that aren't in aren't on this concept album, and we yeah. worked oh, out right. where the gaps were. And there's one yeah, character yeah. that doesn't feature at all in the uh, in the concept album who sort of winds the show together so if you know all the songs from the concept album there are still 12 more songs and an entire oh. other character that you don't know oh, so it's great. not like oh, that's exciting yeah, yeah. Well, I, I always know that would be the case as well so i wanted it to still be um i wanted it to still be something that was uh, you didn't feel like you knew everything so there's, yeah. piece, there's some more pieces of the puzzle if you go and see it on stage. But when you're putting together the concept album, did you have in mind casting as you were writing or did you come to the characters first? Yeah, you didn't have half an eye thinking who might play these characters. Uh, yes and no. So there are there are some people that I knew would say yes. So um, <laughs> like I knew, <laughs> uh, I knew Natasha Barnes would sing a duet with me and um, I knew that Trevor Dion Nicholas, because Trevor, Trevor and I have presented the What's On Stage Awards together. He was the genie in Aladdin and is, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. he's George Washington yeah. Hamilton. And I, I knew, I, that's right. there's yeah. just certain people oh. that I knew would be game for it and, so and, and, and would also um, bend over backwards to, 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 to help out. And then there were some other people that I thought, go on, if I ask, I bet they'd say yes. So that's like Jason Manford. So yeah. I... Yeah. I asked Jace and he was like, only because it's you, Vicky. I was like, okay, good, thank you. Because <laughs> um, also we didn't pay them a lot at all. So it was lot, It was very much favours. And uh, yeah, the, the one that cool. took the most wrangling but got there in the end was Sharon D. Clark. Oh, I love her. Oh, she's, she's so good. So great. And she did it in two takes and then just showed us some pictures on her iPad for the rest of the session. <laughs> 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 yeah like we had like her cab was booked for the end of the hour and she'd done it in 15 minutes and we just felt bad because we was like we don't need to ask sharon d clark to sing this again because we <laughs> we have it we act, we actively have it so while she was waiting for a taxi she just showed us her holiday photos sharon's married to Susie mckenna who directed southbound ah oh, um, did she oh, yes right. and so there was oh. lots of come on Susie. Make your wife say yes. Yeah, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> Which is how these things work. Because how these things work. Because yeah. Sharon's agent was oh. like, no. And I was like, Susie, you know how Sharon's <laughs> agent has said no? Could you make Sharon say yes, please? <laughs> oh. um, and also, did you did you know that you would always be able to have a an orchestra play along, uh, on, play along, play on the album? <laughs> yeah, well, that was... Um, and I hope they don't listen to this, but in a meeting, we had a meeting for it and they went, so how many musicians do you want? And I just said the number 10. I just picked it up my ass. I just went, <laughs> 10. <laughs> and then... Do you wish you'd said more? No. Uh, 10 no. was a lot, actually. <laughs> 10 is a lot. 10 is that a is lot. 
Plenty. That is a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> um, and, and I always knew it would be uh, the London Musical Theatre Orchestra. Um, I yeah. have worked with those guys loads and um, I really know and trust them extremely well. So they, um, uh, Simon Nathan his, is fast becoming my absolute go-to orchestrator. I don't think I'd use anyone else at all unless he wasn't available. Um, and he, because yeah. he orchestrated my, I, I wrote a piece called The Concerto for Comedian and Orchestra in yeah. which premiered in 2017 and Simon uh, helped me orchestrate that and what I tend to do is that I tend to write uh it's, he finds it really annoying but I write in logic and I write it full so I like to use all the um I use all the sounds and I don't write in Sibelius I write in logic and I, I orchestrate it as I go and then he yeah. takes this absolute fucking mess and <laughs> and turns it into something that people can play because he because he's like you know on your logic file you've just you've just you've, you've got a flute playing a melody and what you've got underneath that is is 26 other musicians and you know that you you won't hear that vicky and i'm like well you, i just turned it up didn't i um <laughs> So he, so he, he solves things like that, and he did lots of clever stuff with the ten musicians, and divided it into divided the recording session, which is where their expertise totally came into it. Is that once I handed it over, I'd written it for kind of more than ten, and and I like to write for outrageous things like harps and celestes and all the yeah. rest of it. And so he managed to make it work. He's such his brain is so amazing that he made it work so that we could have. I think in the end it was about fourteen or fifteen different musicians, but each in groups of ten. So we'd record certain songs with certain instruments and then let some people go and then have some oh, people right. in oh, another okay. session. It was amazing. It was amazing. Um, which I yeah. I would never. I don't have the skills to to do that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, it sounds fantastic. The the orchestrations. Um, does um, I'm, I don't think there's any sort of um, synthetic instruments at all on it. Is are there? Is it all done? Uh, I mean, are there any like you know? samples of well, uh, there's strings one. Or... there is a synthetic marimba in uh, in a song <laughs> called i don't marimba. know what you want from me because um so rick my other half is playing the drums on it obviously that would yes. be quite rude to get of somebody course. else in and we didn't have we, that was the one where we didn't have enough people and we decided that actually i think synthetic marimba is one of those i think mallets sound fine actually yeah uh, they're fine. i think they are and so that's the only one that's the only song with and I think there's a bit of, I think the, um, the guy playing the, uh, the guy doing the mixing did a bit of shaker somewhere and I did some yeah, tap yeah. dancing, but with my hands on a wooden board. <laughs> oh. oh, is that what they do yeah. when they have tap dancing? No, they get people to tap, but I tried tapping because I was like, oh, I can tap. And then I realised <laughs> I've not tapped since 1996. It was absolutely <laughs> fucking shit. We've got a recording <laughs> session specifically for tap and it's just me. We haven't got a tapper. <laughs> so then i put the tap shoes on my hands and then did the rhythm that i wanted so that bit is is just you is it that the tapping in is is just me and we we relay it multi-track multi-track i'm just i'm just glad that nobody filmed me literally on my hands and knees in a studio on a board because i told some lies that i could tap dance So there's a song called I Don't Know What You Want From Me, which is a sort of piss take sound of The Lion King. Um, right. And so I, I knew I wanted, I knew I wanted that, hence like the marimba and stuff like that. So I, I knew I wanted to achieve that. And then there's another one, um, One Day A Year, which is the panda song. I wanted that to feel quite Motowny. So, um, yeah. 
And it was quite interesting in the orchestration process towards the end, I, I put less in um, all the ones from the beginning are really fully orchestrated for me in logic. And then eventually I'd send ones that didn't have much in at all. And Simon was so excited about that because he actually got to do some proper orchestration <laughs> yeah. rather than just going through my MIDI mess. That sounds wrong. So he probably would prefer it if it was just a piano. Yes. He would prefer that, it. Was, it. He would prefer it was just piano and vocal, but uh, I, yeah. I just don't write like that. I can, cause, cause the thing is I, I can hear, you know, I can hear the other parts. I want to write them down. Um, and yeah, there's, it's funny. There's lots of like, they'd often, so between him and Freddie Tapner, the um, MD of the London Musical Theatre Orchestra, there was many, the, we had many multi-way phone calls, but where they, we'd all sit on pianos on these calls. This is before Zoom. We should have done it on Zoom, but we didn't. We just yeah. did it on, on audio three-way calls. And they'd play like crunchy chords going, Vicky, did you mean this? And the answer was always Yes. <laughs> and I just don't know why. I don't know why they they just constantly would pick it thing. Going, you sure about this? Yes, I'm sure about it. That's what composing is. I notice of of your um, writing. I think things like the uh, we're going to get very technical here. Okay. The the a minor fourth chord mm-hmm. in a major um, sequence. Mm. Yes, yes, that kind of thing. That it, exactly it has that. a sort of it's a melancholy, isn't it? It's that. Oh, yeah, it's funny. Um, your ability to write very memorable tunes and uh, southbound. So I I saw that, but. Obviously, I've heard that music once, and there's no recording of it, as far as I'm aware. But the very first bit they, they sing, I think that's that's in there, isn't it? Is it? And it all just stopped. Is that right? Yes. Have I, yeah. have I got that right? How have yeah. I remembered that? That's, oh. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a it's a little melancholy little chord sequence. And, mm. um, and I what I want to know is how do I still remember that over over a year on? What's your secret to writing catchy, yeah. memorable well, music? Well, the, the, I think the, the song from that. Sh- the song from that show that's most catchy is a song called Lucky. And it, the melody goes, Lucky, da 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 da, lucky, da da yes. da da, lucky. And there's different words, different stuff in between. And that came from the. I wanted to find a word that's quite poignant. And then when you swap it for the comedic version, it's fucking ridiculous. So I swap. This poignant, like, we were basically lucky to be alive. And I cho- I wrote that because of the, the rhythm of the word lucky. Da-dum. Lucky. Yeah. Like, that's sort of the pitch of it as well. So you don't feel like, you can feel like you're quite speech singing that. So the, the melody goes, lucky, I am really lucky. And it's a great day to be lucky to just still be alive. And then they go through, this is from Southbound, they go through this, this um, and they go through the records of Esther song, Singing Lucky, and then it comes to the comedic part. And they and and it goes. Uh, we just want one thing. What we'd ask for? We'd ask for semen. What we <laughs> yes. need is semen. Like there's no men in this yeah. world. And so immediately you've got the same sort of poignancy and oh. rhythm. Semen. Lucky. You've got the same yeah. rhythm there. But immediately you've got these women singing earnestly. What in a normal musical would just be another repeat of this earnest yeah. piece. Um, and that, and that yeah. was, that, that, and that, that's why what I, I generally tend to write about what I want to achieve. Like, what do I want? Like, what do I want people to feel um, in the songs? Yeah. And that's what I wanted. I wanted people to feel like emotionally connected to the point where they yeah. have to laugh out loud because it's so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You don't expect 70 year old women to sing that, do you? <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. It works because it's funny, but it's also really dramatic. It's, it's, a, it's the one thing that, that, that the human race. Needs. It is the one thing that the human um, race needs. <laughs> um, and again, to get technical here, so that the the two notes you're using there, the third and the fifth, mm. right? 
that's a common thing to use to, to create a memorable melody. Is that, you, are you aware of this? I wasn't aware of that, no. The, it's known as the millennial whoop, oh, I believe. Well, there we go. Oh, is and it? A, a, lot, a lot of pop songs have that, oh, oh, that kind of thing. It's going, and there's something about that. So maybe, I guess you, you've, you've just, just written that just kind written of thing. just written that kind of thing. That's, what did yeah. you say it's called? The it's millennial not, whoop? The millennial whoop is called. That's an really? excellent Well, it's been coined. Like, but... Well, it's nice that you've written that, you know, not sort of... Um, not s- knowingly. I will now. No, well, not knowingly, not as a, mm. as a trick. Yeah. You've just, well, um, I'm going to use it as a trick but now. You, but you will I'm now, yeah. Do you tend to write with the lyrics first and then the chords or is it always different or, you know? Um, It's always a bit of both. So I'm writing something right now, uh, again, sort of pitching for stuff. Um, I've brought together a few theatre companies to pitch for some digital theatre money that's around. And so the idea that we're doing is um, we're pitching for a musical to be serialised over a podcast. It's becoming a thing. Americans are doing it. We're not really doing it yet. And I yeah. and, and and I write I've, I've, I write bollocks down in the pitch, uh, which then you have to try and make real. <laughs> and I wanted this to be uh, stylistically quite banging, like like uh, it's it's a it's a, it's characters that you wouldn't expect to sing banging tunes. So I and I it's also quite feminist. So that's you know I wanted it to feel like it was big and like something that you would definitely hear not out not in a musical. Um, yeah. 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 So I wanted to find like the the, fir- the first process is finding what those sounds are. Basically, me going through Logic and just playing like each synth. Yeah. So I'm going that, not that one, not that one. <laughs> yeah. Until I find a synth that I like, um, and then the, the a line that I liked was a line called "It's not becoming of a lady." And then it's the song has evolved to be about what what does that mean? Yeah. So I've yeah. sort of taken taken and yeah. So I don't know whether it's called that yet, but that but that was the. You know, finding some sounds, finding a yeah. phrase. Yes. Um, yeah. And what I tend to do then is that I actually tend to, I like to listen to different music and run and walk and then stop and write things and sing into my voice memos when I come have ideas. Yeah. I, I, I quite like to not like, yeah, there's something about coming up with some ideas and then going out and, and, and going in like, that's, that's why being stuck at home is quite tricky because I, I find yeah. that. I'll sing into my phone in the supermarket and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> s- yeah. like stuff just, stuff yeah. doesn't necessarily. I like when on, on voice memos, it tells you the exact address that you're at when you're recording these things, doesn't yeah. it? If you're on an iPhone. Yes, mine um, is a C of like M1, M6, because I'm constantly yeah. in the car. It's where you get your inspiration. I am, I'm driving yeah. and I'm pressing voice memo and I'm quickly <laughs> singing something, yeah. singing something into the into the phone yeah. yeah i like that with photos as well when you take your photo there's been many an evening on a tour bus or something where you'll see a progression of drunkenness through a country i love that <laughs> on the map where it's mapping out oh god i was really bad by bremen oh <laughs> <laughs> when you went into crossed over and started doing stand-up how did you find it as a woman going into stand-up and apologies if you've been asked this like a million times but I'm just really interested did you feel like you were on a level playing field or did you feel like 
you had to prove yourself more. It was harder to be accepted or sort of taken seriously as a female comic, especially a musical one. It all kind of came about by accident because I trained in musical theatre um, and uh, start, I got an agent, came out, started to do auditions and was auditioning stuff. I was 19, 20 years old, auditioning for stuff like Madame Thénardier and Name Is. I'm not going to get that at 19 or 20. So I was actually going for these comedic roles and I hadn't really considered comedy but yeah. you, you're, but in musical theatre, you're kind of put into boxes and I was never in the leading lady box, which I think stuff has changed now. I think the world yeah. has changed that anyone, act, you, you're not actually compartmentalised as much as we were, uh, it's 15 years ago now. And so yeah. I was very much like, that's your casting. So I sort of, I then, start, I then started to realise that it wasn't. So I was singing funny songs. I was singing all the character songs from musicals. And I couldn't get a job and it, it drove me up the wall. I was like, oh, I'm yeah. not going to be the person. I'm not going to be someone that sits here and just waits. So I started writing funny songs. And then I saw an advert in the stage, which is back in the day when it, that's how people got jobs. <laughs> you know, yeah. you'd see an yeah. advert in the flipping stage. Yeah. So I saw an advert in the stage for an American TV show called Last Comic Standing that was auditioning. Oh, yeah. And about six weeks before I'd done a stand-up course at the Actors Centre and I'd written a, I'd written a couple of songs and I, I turned up to this open audition to, for Last Comic Standing and it, it's, it's, it's like X Factor for com- comedians, but it's only an American show and they only ever, ever came the once to this to, to the UK. So I stood in the queue outside the comedy store and I and I did my song. I did my, my song and, and I got through and I ended up on the telly and it was my 10th stand-up gig. God, that's brilliant. Um, yeah, but it was it was very strange because then I was suddenly I suddenly met all these comics that were quite uh, quite sort of higher up the ladder, and so I, I this and I think there's something as well about being musical is that I and a woman I got I did the journey from open spot to headliner quite quickly yeah. because I already had the performance yes. skills and uh, music's better at the end. Yeah, and if and if you can put if you can book a female headliner. People do now, um, and so and so. I, I I think I think I sort of went through that system. I went through that system quicker than I would have done if I hadn't already hadn't already got those skills or I wasn't doing music. Yeah. Um, oh, that's great! That's great that you negotiated that way. And actually, maybe it's a slightly out of date thing to to think that it is so imbalanced. Perhaps that, like you were saying, they often will book a female headliner now. That's yeah. So I mean, maybe it, it, times have moved on, and they have moved on. I mean, it it is imbalanced in the sense that you can't have more than one, though. You right. never find two of you. Like you never, yeah. I never see the other female comics because you're very rarely on a bill with another woman. Right. And, and yeah, I did, it's like, um, it's, like um, it's like tuba players; they never meet each other. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've heard of that guy. Tuba too. players, women. <laughs> yes, but women. I did um, <laughs> just before lockdown. Just just before lockdown, I did a show at the Brighton Comedia, and it was the International Women's Day, and it was uh, Brighton Comedia. It's like it's 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 quite a hard club yeah, to play. There, yeah. It's quite noisy. It's quite it's quite um, it's quite vibrant. I've been there with a stag too. Quite stag do yeah, and it yeah, was International yeah. Women's Day. Lots of people hadn't booked because it was International Women's Day. They just booked the stand up, and it was for women. It was a bill entirely of women. It was brilliant from start to finish. It wasn't. There was no. There's no sort of you know. Oh, here's the woman spot, which is yeah. always always yeah. the third spot. It's the easy spot. People put women in there. Um, it was great, and and I just I, it was interesting because it was International Women's Day, which meant that clubs all over the country had um, had all female lineups, and there was still plenty of us yeah. to go to to fill the bills. And it was the first time I've been on stage and been in a dressing room with all women. You know, you went to tie career. 
Yeah, that's brilliant. Oh, man. How, how did that feel? Was that, it was, was really that cool. A... It was oh. really nice because yeah. you just, like, for instance, just stuff like getting changed and stuff. You can just be in a dressing yeah. room because it's just all women. And, you know, whereas whereas yeah. in, it, it's it's normally just you and you're just having conversations with people that you, you don't really feel like you're uh, uh, relevant to your interests, actually. Yeah, yeah. Do you find yourself with less of a passion for, for doing those sort of club yeah absolutely circuit, i mean gigs. the 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 club stand-up i'm very lucky in that i can go out and do club stand-up as a as a sort of really as a supplement to my income i can um the the scene at least before lockdown the scene exists that that you can pick up gigs at the last minute i would often pick up gigs with two or three days notice and go to somewhere yeah. and and it, it's it's a sort of less formal scene actually i think than um i, I would i would say it's a lot like a sort of grassroots music scene but then with bands and stuff you often haven't got these last minute gaps but in comedy all the time someone there's a for we've got a facebook forum as an industry where someone says oh there's a there's a gap in stafford this evening 9 p.m start who's free um and and it kind of works like that and it's very it's quite informal so it's easy to pull yourself in and out of gigs mm. um so if I, I find that as a freelancer if i don't have much work on or i've got some gaps i can really fill those gaps very easily with just going out into the stand-up circuit um, that's great do you find yourself in times where you've like written a couple of songs and you go oh, i'd love to just play this to some people see how it goes and then you can just book yes a gig. and no so does I, that happen or? yeah i mean i don't really write songs for stand-up anymore i find it boring uh, I find it boring the skill of writing a song that has to work in a stand-up environment. There's no room for pathos. There's no really, there's no real room for setup either. No. Yeah, um, they just they just want gags like straight away. And I think about some of the songs that I wrote in, early in my career, like the Brian Cox song, which yeah. has it. But th- th- that is just a series of of dirty puns about science. And there's about yeah. ten in a row, and they get huge laughs. And I just think I don't actually that doesn't interest me actually anymore as a writer. I I want to. Um, I want to look at different topics, you know, more, more interesting topics that, so, so that like the song I described lucky, um, that, that would never work in a stand-up environment, even though there is a massive punchline because they wouldn't give you the time and the trust to set it up like theatre does. Later in the year, you're doing Aladdin. You're writing a pantomime. Yes. Is that still going ahead? I hope so. So it's very interesting. So I'm writing Aladdin as a panto for the Lyric Hammersmith. I submitted a draft at January the 20th, which now looking at that, what I've written, feels completely out of date. It feels like... It feels like all of it really has to go in the bin and I have to start again. Because if we do get into the theatres to watch a pantomime, our characters have to have been through what we've all been through. They have to. You you, you can't put, you can't, panto is meant to be responding, is one of the quickest responding forms, I think, as well as stand-up. And and so, uh, me and the artistic director had a Zoom meeting and I meant to have submitted the next draft already. And I just said, it doesn't feel like there's any point in writing another draft right now because, no. No. because I, I, we're still in the middle of this. And this, if this show goes ahead, it has to be about this. I mean, not mm. about this in the sense that I think we'll be, we'll, we'll be wanting to get out of our heads when, if we do get into a theatre and watch something like Pantomime. But at the same time, yeah, we have to take the piss out of what yeah, we're all doing at the moment, which is Zoom yeah. calls and... You know, it, it, like you have to bring all these, all, all this to, new yeah. world 
and if you if we don't it'll feel fraudulent i think if we put on a panto that didn't address some of the things that we've all been through it wouldn't be right yeah it's such an ever-changing entity isn't it that like we what's going to happen next week you know who knows there are some practical things though so for instance the designer has to really start now the person that's, that's designing the set has to start um and and i've sort of said well I don't think you can start because we've, I've got nothing to, if yeah. we do, you know, we, we, I think we're all going to have to have a rush job and I think it will be. And we've had conversations with things like, um, uh, we're, we're definitely going to film it. If it goes ahead, we're definitely going to film it mainly so that then, um, that will go out to sort of for free to care homes or whatever, you know, there's lots of things like that, which I think is changing theatre for the good and actually making yeah, yeah. theatre more accessible, um but then there's also things things that we've got to think about which is if it does go ahead under social distancing measures there's you've got to comedically address that you've got to talk about that early doors so it's 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 very hard it's very hard none of us can guess this is the other thing none of us can guess so you're sort of working on these projects that are in limbo really until um until we get more news and worst case scenario is it doesn't happen which would be horrible but everyone's going through the same thing On a completely different note, I was gonna. Mm. I was just gonna ask you. I, was, I listened to your running commentary uh, episode of the podcast you did with those guys um, this morning, and it yes. really ah. made me want to run again. I, well, we've all done marathons here, haven't we? And uh, it's it's so great. I really want to run, but not dressed as a dog. And hats off to you. I honestly don't know how you did that. It was an insane day. Yeah, I decided to sign up for a Guinness World Record for fastest woman in an animal suit, <laughs> and I was ready. And I trained for it, and I got this suit, and I on a half marathon in Cambridge did the Cambridge half marathon in the dog suit and uh bless my other half Rick for he's he's a faster runner than me but ran ran the this half marathon with me as the dog to sort of as my as my dog minder and I was the only person in fancy dress it wasn't like it it wasn't like the marathon where there's like a man with a fridge on his back and then someone as a gorilla but no this was just everyone in running gear and just me like actual bellend in a dog suit um oh god and and i was ready i was i trained and i was i was gonna i was i thought i was gonna take about eight minutes off the off the record and, and yeah. i get there on the day and you have to go to the special guinness world record signing in place and it, the app my i i felt sick because there was there was a bloody panda going for the same record Oh God! And there was another woman who was nearly in tears because there was three Snow Whites. It was there's this sort of there's this sort of weird subsection then of the marathon of people that suddenly realise they've actually got to race someone. And you and you sort of see these people. You're like, I've I've got to race a panda. And (laughs) were you close to her? No, I lost her. I lost her in the first two miles. I was like, oh, this is bullshit. Yeah. Um, And then and then and then I then I stopped I stopped trying. I ended up doing it like fourth. 13 or something and oh, I, think good she did it, I think she did it in like 328 or something ridiculous oh. so, disgusting <laughs> panda so outfit. 
yeah. idiot. <laughs> I know, it was just really upsetting. Yeah. And I just, oh. I, I wish that they'd told you that, because there was no point in my mind that I thought that it was a possibility that somebody else would go for the same record. I just, it I didn't occur to me and it didn't occur to any of the other people, I think, no. also, also signing up. And it was, and you spent all this time sort of training for this thing, which you then, then realised that you can't achieve. It was, oh, it was God. so weird. Oh, do you think you'll do it again? Uh, yeah, I'm, but I'm this time I'm going to look through those records that haven't been set yet because then you can just set one. <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking of like, you know, fastest woman dressed as Dorothy from The Wizard of Oz because you've got to have a costume that you can run in. You don't want to make it ridiculous. There was a man with an ironing board, fastest man with an ironing board. I mean, <laughs> well done, mate. You've got to run the marathon with an ironing board. Yeah, yes, terrible. Awful. I, I, when I finished mine, I, um, I finished at the same time as someone who had a washing machine on their back. <laughs> oh my god! Um, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know you can watch the oh the god. finishing line cam, can't you? And I saw on my finishing line cam afterwards there was somebody who was dressed as a heart who only had a tiny bit of leg space to move, <laughs> tiny paces he could do. Came in just ahead of me. That's great, isn't it? I ran, I ran it, I ran it a few years before that, and I me and my friend were going to run it together and we were in the sort of um the celebrity bit at the beginning mm, yeah. <laughs> and um and she was she's she's quite famous and so she was she'd realized that all the lots of people hire paces that's well that's the thing for celebs is that they they run it with somebody oh. that helping them to achieve a pace and also the more famous they are the more paces they have around them so somebody will actually have a, a wall of six people running around them to stop them from being bothered um and so we we met uh greg james in this backstage yeah. bit, and, and he turns out he was going to run as fast as my friend so she went oh do you mind if i um do you mind if i run with greg and i was like no it's fine honestly yeah go on then will you run with greg <laughs> um because she was presenting a bafta that evening and had to oh, uh, had to finish in a certain time <laughs> to, to go <laughs> and pressure. rehearse for presenting a bafta but she did the last three miles in tears. I didn't. So, um, no. so I ended up randomly running it. So I stood next to um, uh, Lee Hendry, a, a footballer from the nineties, Aston Villa yeah. player. Oh, yeah. I didn't know who he was. Why would I? I wouldn't know an Aston Villa player from the nineties. Um, but we ended up running the entire London Marathon together, chatting to each other. We we, oh. we spent the entire day just just having a little having a little chat and it was really sweet because oh. he got stopped by the BBC for an interview and pulled me into shot. He was like, "No, I'm running it with my mate." Oh, <laughs> Were you yeah. in dog costume? I was in a semi dog costume. I was just in dog ears uh, and a painted face, but running outfits. That was my first foray into dog marathons. <laughs> I just wanted to ask you something a little bit niche because mm. you were at Wells Cathedral School, weren't you? I was at Wells Cathedral so School. So was yes. I, but you? much before you in the old ages. But um, yeah, which house were you in at uh, Wells? <laughs> I was in Haversham House. Oh. Okay. I was in Plumtree. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Such I a like, joy. <laughs> I like Wells. They um they they actually played my concerto. So I when I wrote the concerto for comedian and orchestra, I actually said, Would would your students be interested in in playing it for a workshop for me? And they oh. did. Uh but because of the time of year, it I wasn't allowed year thirteens or year elevens, where everyone right. doing A levels and GCC. So I sort of ended up with uh sort of um people 
I don't want to say B team, but it was a bit B team. And yeah. the result was is that everyone on it was so excited to be on it because there were lots of people playing first violin, you know, for the first time, and lots of people bumped up a bit. So you ended yeah. up, you ended up with low. And I, that's my sort of person. I really, really like the energy of loads yeah. of people excited yeah. to be there because because they 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 sort of accidentally in a bit of a better place, and it was really good. And and it ended up working out that I took them to Glastonbury. And taking, oh, amazing. A, and taking a busload of teenagers in convoy to Glastonbury because because we had orchestral <laughs> instruments we had to, we had to we had to come in we, one of the deals was we had to get routing like fancy routing badges to drive right to the stage and taking these kids right into Glastonbury um, <laughs> you know I, I was I was. <laughs> They were, it, was very, it was very cool. It was very cool. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Cool. I watched that. I watched that gig at um, Glastonbury. Uh, it was uh, well, it was like on the Sunday morning yeah. or something. Yeah. So we, we we all sat at the back, all the bastards, and uh, we found it very emotional. Um, but I think we'd had a long weekend. But it was uh, <laughs> some of us were crying. <laughs> um, but it was uh, no, it was great. I mean, really impressive having a full orchestra there. Um, has that has that had any other performances since? Yeah, since it that? has. It's um, it it got performed last year at King's Place um, with the London Musical Theatre Orchestra, and. Oh, and I decided to have it professionally recorded. One of the things I couldn't do, I got Arts Council funding to help put it on, but I didn't get enough funding to pay the musicians to uh, to buy them out to release it. So I've got it professionally recorded, sat on my computer, uh, oh. just waiting for a point in which I can uh, get some... I'm going to try and buy for some more funding at some point, I think, to yeah. retrospectively buy, everyone's, buy everyone out and then put it on put it on Spotify or whatever. I think I maybe heard you someone say that the idea with that was to create some sort of work like Peter and the Wolf or, or something yeah. that can be performed anywhere around the world yeah. with just you know a great narrator at the front and uh yeah and, and knowing me I had a pencil for another performance with a really really good orchestra um as part of the Victoria Wood Festival uh in in um, in uh, Salford uh this summer and that's now gone oh, oh, really sad but I'm hoping yeah. that that will get remounted I'm sure it will I'm yeah, sure yeah. I, I hope it will um because it's what's, what's nice about that is that when you write an Edinburgh show, your show dies after a year. But whereas this has been, I've been performing this now for three years. And I think it's one of those things that um, I'll keep on, I'll be able to keep on doing. We're doing a Spotify playlist to accompany all the podcasts. And I was just wondering if there's anything you're listening to at the moment that's kind of inspiring you or something new for lockdown. Well, I've, so I'm trying to write this this podcast thing. So I've been trying to walk around. Do I've been doing long walks, listening to music that I think might be inspiring. So I've been listening to a mixture of uh, which uh, piece of work I think is absolutely astonishing and the most best piece of pop writing for a long time is the Billie Eilish album. I think oh, it's, oh, yeah. it's uh, I think it's amazing what she does with sounds and. Uh, theatricality like the in and out mainly like the, the timbre of it it's 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 mm. brilliant and then i've also been listening to the choral the early choral stuff of nico muley i've been listening to that this week oh, right. um uh, it's all really weird uh sort of blah, 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 like that you know stuff like <laughs> it's hard to, to explain <laughs> but from a musical theater point of view i i can write musicals that sound like musicals i can i could do that all day all day long but i want to try and write musicals now that sometimes don't sound like musicals so i'm trying yes. to make sure that my sound palette is uh is is what i want you know it's as interesting as i can um in, interesting as i can make it so not that i'm 
ripping these people off. But I think I think <laughs> no. if I think that if you listen to things that um, you enjoy, you'll 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 emulate them um, unconsciously. That's Vicky. That was a great, lovely chat with her. And um, she's got lots of different things going on. And she's very, uh, what, I, what I like about her is she's, as I said earlier, she's sort of forged her own path yeah. in life. Started off a very similar way that how a lot of us did, you know, playing instruments, but actually then realizing what, what she wants to do or, you know, adapting it as she goes along. And, and now she's, she's writing really great stuff which is it's brilliant i just think she's so cool and i think maybe what comes across in this interview is that i really thought she was very cool and every time i opened my mouth i felt like an idiot <laughs> no well so did so, i so oh did dear. i actually <laughs> i'd got some marathon nostalgia did you when we were talking about that it made me actually think oh maybe i could have another go what do you think no i know i well yeah i would love to i'd love to i mean that weekend just passed us did, by didn't it yeah. and it just um yeah. It's that it's that sort of that quality of the air and the that weather is it is magical. I would love to do it again. I've been running a bit more actually. This um, I've been actively trying to run basically five times a week. Oh, that's good. So I want to try and do that, even if it's just like two or three miles some days. But I think makes I you feel so much better. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah, I think if only for the the mental health side of things, it really makes you feel better. It helps me anyway. And um, my right ankle though is a little bit, it's a bit sore. Oh so. no! Back to short, mm. lots of short runs. Then that's good. Yeah, yeah. I was looking back actually, and I I was doing loads of running back in like February, and running sort of like ten miles, eleven miles. I was able to do that, and that really feels difficult at the moment to try and do anything like that no absolutely I think I wonder if it's because we're at home so much and it's just because you're not walking around so much like when you're trying to then go out running it's a bit of a shock to the system I'm hoping it's that because otherwise there's no explanation for the fact that I am basically running backwards when I go out for long runs (laughs) so slow (laughs) yeah it's weird that that we're not just doing that that extra um sort of two or three miles um what would you call that um just you just do it every day don't you walk into the station yeah. and walking around town and um, don't even notice retainer sort of that's sort of what that's the kind of word i was thinking of but you, you kind of do it, it just keeps a good bit of um activity going yeah. in your body and uh otherwise you're not really doing anything you just sat down and then oh, suddenly you go oh, i'm gonna go for a run and then suddenly your body's going what the hell are you <laughs> this is awful yeah <laughs> um actually with the change in the lockdown laws now i went for my first socially distanced walk yesterday with a friend of mine uh oh, two right. meters apart all the time we went we did a blimmin long walk actually and it was aided by a gin in a tin <laughs> Two gins in tins, in fact. Uh, it was it was lovely. It went down through the marshes, went along the canals. Actually, do you know what? Not too busy and not too hard to stay two metres apart. Even after a few gins in a tin, yeah. I could still weave <laughs> in the other direction. It was fine. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, that's so nice you can do that now. Yeah. Hey, as well, though, your um, 
Tchaikovsky 5, Play Along, that was an yeah. excellent success. I loved oh, it. Oh, it was so good, wasn't it? Yeah. It was so much fun. We had, uh, how many people did we have? I think there were about 13 people. Yeah, I think, there, yeah, 13 with a few other floating in and out. Some people came in at yeah. a few technical problems. Yeah. Um, but um, I think I think there'll be more next week. I think it's going to hopefully build. Yeah, what is it and next week? Next week, we had a, a vote on Twitter and I, I thought, well, I'll give you three options. So we had Marla 5, Rack 2 and Sibelius 2. Was it Sibelius 2? And uh, Marla 5 won it. Oh, with about 44% of the vote. Well, hey. So, um, yeah, so get practising, everyone. That's, Blimey, uh, yeah. That's My fingers really hurt after that chai five. <laughs> it was a yeah. hell of a workout. <laughs> it was so great, though, like looking over, because you, you've got a big kind of, is it a solo or just a big tutti cello bit? Uh, it's a big tutti cello moment, but they're, it's great. It's so oh, good. It's so lush. I, I feel I sorry for everyone else in my house who had to listen to me bashing through <laughs> this part by myself because obviously everyone else was muted and it was just the cellos and there's some big yeah. semi-graver run sections which sounded really spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I can't, I can't actually hear what you sound like personally but I can hear the cellos um, of the, the recording and then looking at you and you're, you're, <laughs> you were really going for it as well, facial expressions. <laughs> and, and, oh, it's brilliant. And... and also things like when you're when everyone's going sort of full pelt and um you have that thing because i had the te- it was on my telly just to the side so out of my peripheral vision i could see everyone just kind of hammering away and it was really amazing because oh. you, you forget that feeling of when everyone's doing the same thing even if we were a few seconds out but we couldn't really <laughs> yeah. tell um that was really oh it was really special it, it really, really felt was. like we were playing together yeah yeah i'm so glad there's going to be more it's, it's really great join us it's so good yeah. honestly i can't recommend it hard enough even if you're not a professional musician yourself um it doesn't matter get the music yeah, come really and join us matter. it's just so lovely yeah yeah or like my mum did she just put it on at two o'clock she just listened oh. through it and uh she said she was conducting in the kitchen. Oh, and, what a uh, brilliant idea. <laughs> yeah. She wanted to come and watch the Zoom meeting as well, but I said that might be a bit weird. Just <laughs> my mother in the corner just, yeah. just staring at us. <laughs> I don't know if you saw, but halfway through it, Rob came back from the shops and he just slid this bar of chocolate onto my music stand in front of it. It was excellent. <laughs> it kept me going. Ah. <laughs> ah. Oh. Oh. Wonderful. Well, yeah, so we'll be there Friday, two o'clock. We'll be doing um, Marla 5. And uh, yeah, look up on Twitter, hashtag Play Along Symphony, or find me at Seb Philpot and I'll put the details on there. And uh, we'll retweet it as well. Um, and uh, yeah, what else? We've got in the show notes uh, today, I've put a link to some of Vicky's, uh, Vicky's stuff as well, some great videos. There's a really funny one of her she's got a philip schofield song and she <laughs> sang it on this morning to philip schofield so that's quite funny and um also a video uh link to a video about the millennial whoop if you want to any further yes. listening on that one because it is quite an interesting it thing it really isn't it? is i mean I, that was a good learning experience for us all um well done yeah <laughs> why is that such a a useful sort of interval uh, in terms of creating a memorable hook 
I get. I imagine it's is it something to do with the, the pentatonic sort of scale because that that's so universal, isn't it? The yeah. pentatonic scale. Yeah, maybe that is. So we've always got that. Is it something to do with the way we speak as well? I don't know. Is it, I'm just fishing around for ideas here. But I don't know. There's something to do with the harmonic series. Every object has a sort of resonance and a harmony that that comes with it. So you know, it's a universal language. So there are just certain scales that everyone, no matter what culture you're from, just you you like listening to so something about that the third and the fifth that that's nice to listen to it's good yeah there's something else as well i've been listening to um which is sort of related to that is uh john hopkins has released a new track and it's a 20 minute meditation he's got a what's the name of it it's a singing bowl yeah i've been actually using it to go to sleep (laughs) and um (laughs) he's sort of it's a singing bowl but he's also put some electronics on it as well and within that you can hear that harmonic series as well and every now and again you get a little bong, <laughs> bing, bong. Oh, it's very soothing and again I might a very try universal the thing put it, put yeah, it I might on do. i might do yeah perfect next time there's gonna be a nerf war i'll do it yeah lovely yeah oh. so i'll put a link to that in the show notes and I'll stick it in the uh, in the playlist check out the playlist if you haven't already um, yeah there's loads New of stuff, stuff going in now. this week yeah great um what have you been listening to vic uh oh, what's Vicky? your name <laughs> i mean that's charming been... isn't it how many <laughs> how many weeks have we been working together on this vicky i don't know Stephen. You... <laughs> <laughs> uh i've been listening to i've been listening to the fiona apple apple i've been listening to the fiona apple album it's yeah just it's so good. I know, and we're talking about that in a future episode, so I don't want to. I'm not going to spoil it. But if you get a chance, go and listen to that. It's totally brilliant. Yeah, it's really good, isn't it? Yeah, someone recommended it on a future podcast that's going to come out. And I've been, and also I've been watching. Well, I finished watching Normal People. Have you watched that? Oh, I haven't yet. No, it's no. so good. And I read one of her uh, Sally Rooney's other books, and I didn't really love it, so I was a bit cynical about watching it. But it's amazing. So, and that was my oh, other top tip for the week. <laughs> cool. Yeah, Normal uh, people. Most people have been they've been talking about it. Um, I think it's because it's, everyone's been watching it, so it's it's one of those things where people kind of have a there's like a backlash immediately to yeah. it because it's so popular. Exactly. Um, but I do want to watch it. I didn't realize that uh, Lenny Abramson has directed it or some of it. He, oh. he did he did uh room yeah that film I uh, which i loved either. he did some other things i can't remember off the top of my head now uh but he was on uh, there's a new kermode and mayo tv show yeah. which i watched last night which they filmed from their own houses and he was a guest on that um so uh yeah so and that's a good show to check out as well yeah yeah um, exactly. i've been watching ozark that's what i've been watching oh god i've got that on my list good is it and, um yeah really good yeah I've got four episodes left and uh, I've heard good things about the last bit. Very good. Well, thanks so much for joining us again. We really appreciate it. It's lovely. It means we can keep doing these. Yeah, it's really nice that people are listening. And I think people are. I think they are. The numbers are good, Seb. The numbers are good. The numbers. The numbers. They're backing it up. They speak for themselves, yeah. They do. (laughs) Yeah, come back next week. We've got another truly excellent guest. Yeah, we we do actually. We've um we've written it down, haven't we? We've we've I planned. We've started to plan out. Okay, we've got <laughs> loads in the bank. 
we've got yeah we've got a few people uh we won't spoil it now no no you're just but, gonna have um, to wait wait and see just have to keep waiting and uh just listen keep watching your phone and then every monday <laughs> will pop up in your inbox <laughs> pop lovely <laughs> uh okay right i'm gonna go now yeah and uh, okay. have a lovely week verity and you, you do, Seb, doing yes. anything fun no nothing terribly exciting maybe lots of running and walking and the like how about you yeah i think pretty much the same <laughs> i'm gonna try and pr- I, I didn't play the trumpet yesterday uh just sort of the day got ahead of me but i'm gonna do lots because i've got to play mile of five on friday well, so come I need to on. do some practice <laughs> <laughs> i'll uh, see you there then yeah see you there see you, anyone that wants to play along honestly just pick a percussion part play um, (laughs) like that's the easy one um (laughs) find a bass drum part or something i don't know what instruments are first violin take your pick yeah (laughs) um cool right well uh, have a wonderful week everybody and uh see you next week Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.